Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We, I believe, we fixed the audio problems tonight. So hopefully I won't be clipping again like we were last week, and that was totally our bad. Uh, <laughs> we totally, and by we, I mean I, totally messed up the audio last week. And then we had the camera way out of focus, and so we're, we're all over the place. But we've got a pretty good, uh, I think we've, well, that doesn't give me confidence. The preview just showed up on our screen. But I, I think we've got a pretty, oh, it's good there. Okay. Yeah, I think we've got a pretty good, uh, a good quality stream in terms of the technical side for you guys tonight. Um, speaking of the stream, uh, I've got Matthew over here. What's up? You have to talk into the microphone. Oh yeah, I'm just used to looking at myself whenever I'm speaking, yeah. but now I can actually talk now to Joe talk to and me. not worry about it. So but at the same camera time, three. camera three. Yeah, it's on three on the keyboard. Oh, I keep forgetting. Yeah. I just can do that. So, so you're over away. there. So we've got we've got like a uh, conversation setup going. Which I think it's it's a cool different setup that we've uh, we're trying out this time. We don't have Cameron with us tonight, as you can hear uh, from the. Oh. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't do that. So. Uh, he, his arm is not feeling well. He broke his wrist uh, a while ago, falling off a scooter, as you guys probably know. No. Joe's completely wrong. He saved the child from a bear. Oh, okay. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> so he's not with us tonight, but we've got an interesting podcast for you tonight, nonetheless. Um, if it's a little more echoey tonight, it's because I have the garage door open because it was like s really hot in here. Uh, so it's open a little bit and it's holding up the curtain behind me. So we're, we're trying out some new stuff tonight, but uh, what do you say we get into it? I have three news stories up. Do you? Do you? Uh, I do. Okay, uh, let's start with, let's see, let's start with high speed internet into space. Uh, it's the one you were just on. Oh. Yep, that one. Alright, alright. Uh, and I'm seat one, I think. Oh, why am I in the middle of the screen? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yes, hey, hey I'll, I'll, I'll just stall. Yeah. Uh, so, we're going to be talking about this new story. There's an, a startup called Aquarian Space. And uh, basically, they're saying they want to give high-speed internet to the moon and to Mars for <laughs> astronauts going up there uh, in the near future. Which, I, I just, I saw this and I thought that it was really interesting. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just wanted to talk about it because... I love that the first thing we think of for space exploration is well we gotta have the we gotta mm -hmm. let the astronauts have high speed internet, and I'm being oh sorry, it could support a lot of like, space missions and stuff but like, I think they're just planning ahead for the future for and hotels. then when we live there in <laughs> hotels because space is such a big commercial district that's yeah. just waiting to be exploited. You know what it makes me think of? What? Um, if have, are you too much into the Halo lore? Just a little bit. So um. Do you know what the precursors are, right? The race that lived before everything else? Yeah, they it. created all the life in the galaxy in Halo. Mm -hmm. And um, essentially, they had these things called star roads. Do you remember that? Yeah, and how they kept the DNA of everybody when the flood came. No, oh, that's, that is unrelated. that's the Forerunners. That's the Forerunners. Wait, is I'm it the race the that competed with the human race to be the new Forerunners? No, that's the Forerunners. Okay, so the precursors were before the forerunners and before everybody. They seeded the galaxy with life. They set, they bestowed the mantle of responsibility upon to the humans, and so the forerunners wiped out the precursors so that they could assume the mantle of responsibility. Yeah. Then, um, then the precursors basically turned into the flood because they do this weird thing where they can molecularly decompose themselves into this space dust and then reform themselves later uh, when a time it's more suitable. It's kind of like a mold. But it that's but it got corrupted and created the flood. Mm. And 
eventually the humans uh, had to run away from the flood and they ran towards the forerunners and the forerunners thought that the humans were invading them so then they had the forerunner uh, their human forerunner wars and actually the sanshayum which are the prophet species in halo were actually allied with the humans at that point um that race just flew over at my head. I have no idea what Sanchayum? that is. Yeah. The prophets in Halo? The oh, prophet okay. of truth, prophet yeah, yeah, yeah. of regret. It, that, it's their race. Okay. The high prophets. Those weird guys, so essentially they um, had this war and then they realized, oh crap, after they dominated and killed all, pretty much all the humans and then subjugated them, um, they realized, oh, they were running from the flood. And so then they built, built Halo and, and all the rest of, is the same, you know, mm-hmm. general lore of the story with the halo firing and the one that everybody knows. But what this internet in space for us reminded me of was the star roads of the precursors, because essentially what the star roads were is they were basically a neural net for the entire galaxy and you could communicate and the domain was part of it. Uh, I, in halo five, it's set up by the precursors maintained by the forerunners. It's basically a collective store of all the galactic knowledge in the galaxy, which it's basically just the internet. Yeah. And um, th- I, that's, that's really what it makes me think of, to, to be honest, you know? Internet and space, star roads in the domain. How long will humans' legacy live on in the, the universe, Joe? Like, little traces of humanity, even... Do you think human race will continue on, or just traces of us? So, I don't know, and this is exactly what I want to talk to go. talk about tonight. And you're, uh, you're yeah, doing a great you. job at producing, I have to say. Yeah, gotcha. But, um... This is exactly what I wanted to talk about tonight because I want to talk about the future of humanity. If we are able to coalesce into a single, for lack of a better term, empire or, um, you know, yeah, for lack of a better term, you know, a human empire, the empire of humanity, let's say. If we're able to coalesce and join as a species, then yes, I see us outlasting the Earth. I see us outlasting our solar system. But if we are unable to do that, there's a be, there's a time limit of a, how far our technology needs to be oh. in order to successfully outlive our solar system, have yep. enough resources to do that. And biggest hurdle is distance. Absolutely. Hard to get somewhere else. Absolutely, it is hard to get other places in the universe just because of of time and space, time and space. It, which is what our universe is made of: space time. Exactly. And um, it. I don't know how we are already on here, but this ties back to my dimensional warp theory, which I was oh, talking okay. about a long time ago, but I won't even get into that because it's, it's too complicated and I don't want to do another video about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, essentially, it, we just can't really go that fast uh, compared to the speed of light. And really what we need to do, which, and who knows if it's even physically possible, is to find a way to create an Einstein-Rosen bridge or a, it's more accurately or uh, what's I, I was gonna say canonically, but I guess that's the word. More canonically known as a, a wormhole. Oh, okay. I, so I was wondering what you able, meant. Yeah, an Einstein-Rosen bridge. So it's that's the scientific term. Okay. So essentially, you know, folding space-time. But it, the thing that gets me, is uh, whenever you've you've all heard, and we brought it up before, where you fold a piece of paper and punch a pen through it, and then there's your Simple. wormhole. The problem with that is. That's in two dimensions. So the amount of energy to do that in two dimensions is a lot less. Mm. Um, and it's a lot simpler to comprehend. Yeah. 
Now, we, we live in three dimensions. We To imagine folding three dimensions, you have to be a fourth dimensional being. So that begs the question, do we have to ascend to a higher dimension to be able to fold space-time? How do you ascend to another dimension, Joe? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. So, <laughs> you're telling me by the time the solar system dies, humanity would need to be able to master the fourth dimension, have the technology, technology to keep the same... How do I say Basically, this? Not waste any energy that we have because the Earth is no longer here. Our resources are no longer here. Self-sustaining. I suppose. Um, I think a better way to look at it would we have to be able to produce enough energy to sustain our civilization. We have to be able to have enough cohesion to live in a peaceful and cohesive manner. First of all, I think that's something a lot of people overlook is you can't just... The thing about us humans is we love our opinions. And we love our beliefs and our principles and our morals. And I think that's a very good thing. But the problem with that is not everyone has the same opinions, principles, beliefs, morals. Yeah. So you run into problems with, you know, obviously just disagreements. And then that can turn into, you know, more chaos, war, and so on and so forth. So I think that's something people overlook when they look to the future of, like, colonizing space and stuff. What happens when you become so distant from the Earth and you're on a completely different planet and you're thinking, why is the Earth still governing, governing us? You know? But That's more in the near future. Okay. I mean, in the long term. But, okay. I feel like the government is just going to come with civilization. There's always going to be a system to control people. And those at high power always control others. That's how it's been since the beginning of time. And that's how it's always going to be. So to change that basic nature of humanity to be like in a tribe, in a tribal system... It's hard to get rid of. See, I don't think... First of all, I don't think that's a bad idea. I think the tribal system is a very is a very good thing. I think yeah. it's good to have leaders. Exactly. Um, the problem is, if you have, like, one cult personality, mm -hmm. or, like, one good leader, and then everyone else is a terrible leader, it's not... You have to strike a balance between everyone being a leader and just one person being a leader. Because if you have one person being a leader, what happens when that leader leaves? Yeah. Everything falls apart. And if you have everyone being a leader, well, then everyone wants to lead. Yeah. And so that'll create problems with disagreements and chaos and war. And so you have to find a good balance where you have enough leaders, but not too much that it starts chaos and not too few that it'll all fall apart after you die. Uh, Joe, our main uh, source of energy comes from the sun. How are we going to supply us? Yeah, how are we going to supply ourselves? Well, it depends where we go. If we are, are within our solar system, everything will trace back to the sun. Um, once it's gone, uh, well, it'd have to be a different star. Or, or uh, the one thing that does not come from our sun is nuclear energy. Oh, that's easy answer. So that's, uh, I mean, yeah, that's an easy answer right there is nuclear energy. And that creates a crap ton of energy. And it is absolutely clean, except for the nuclear waste, which we are getting better and better at recycling and dealing with. Why are people so scared of making more like nuclear power plants because i don't think people realize how far the technologies come in recent years the technology has advanced so much that we can literally make reactors the size of this room we're in i mean like from that end of the room to this end yeah and stand it up put it in a pool of water yeah and have it be so safe that it can't even physically melt down anymore that's how far the technologies come it's just a lack of public education 
I wouldn't say public education. I'd say it's a instead of a lack, I'd say it's too much propaganda. I'd say um, oh. I'd say it's two parts. I'd say one side of the uh, one side of the argument is the oil companies, and if if they, if nuclear wins, their whole business is out because they can't compete with nuclear. The amount of energy that it can produce is just it's insane compared to coal and oil. In my mind, it seems like such an easy decision to just go nuclear energy to supply well, everything. Lot, yeah, it's a lot more complicated than that because you have to build up the infrastructure and you have to take time and do it right. Because yeah. if you absolute, I absolutely agree with the people who say, if you do it wrong, mm -hmm. and if you mess up, mm -hmm. it, there, it absolutely could be a catastrophe. Mm -hmm. But if you do it right, where was it the tsunami in japan they did it right but they weren't ready for such a global disaster well yeah when you live on an island and you are susceptible to earthquakes and tsunamis like japan is yeah and you don't prepare for the events the likely event mm -hmm. that there's going to be an earthquake or tsunami and it's and still we're talking about 1980s technology at that point yeah. it wasn't a brand new reactor at that time so the technology still come a lot longer of a way uh in terms of safety nowadays than back then so i honestly don't see that being a too much of a problem and um yeah i pretty much i don't see that being too much of a problem okay. just the safety and the technology has come so far since then okay. and um and the other side of the coin back to getting back to what i was saying the oil companies uh, how they don't want to go out of business yeah. but then the other side of that is um there's just a lot of people who lived through the Cold War and heard nuclear nuclear as this buzzword, you know, nuclear, nuclear, this, nuclear, that, and uh, and then nuclear bombs, which are really scary. Yeah. And honestly, that term just in our society has a negative connotation, and that's that takes generations to overcome because that word is so ingrained. Um, so. The gas companies to take advantage of that, lobby against yeah. it, and it's like it's and never going to happen. that's what it is. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of people lobbying to these government agencies. It's really what it is. Mm -hmm. um, and I, the thing that baffles me, is why the people who are totally for like no carbon emissions, no this that or otherwise, the green new deal, like all that stuff. I don't understand why they're not into nuclear, because it's literally the perfect solution. There is no carbon emissions. Mm -hmm. It is 100% clean except for the waste, which we are getting really good at dealing with. And I don't know if it's I don't know if it's stupidity. Again, this gets on oh, totally stepping on the wires. I don't see. I don't know if it's stupidity or if it's uh, ignorance or uh, that's stupidity. I don't know if it's. If this goes back to what we were talking about last time, is it ignorance or malice? Ignorance. No. I see. I don't know though because at some point you have to realize that you're either wrong or you're lying at some point I, well, I i refuse to believe that they're that people have made it to congress and through graduate school who think these things who don't say either i have an ulterior motive and i'm lying or i, I just don't understand how they could be so ignorant to the fact that what they're saying is wrong i think once you reach that point you're lying but they made it to themselves already and they're already they're happy with the fact joe they don't have it you're, you're thinking at, at it wrong. They're okay with the fact that they're lying. Well, that's not. I'm not saying if it's wrong or right. Oh, okay. I'm just saying I can't see how it could be ignorance. Okay. You know, I. I but again, 
this is all my opinion, and I, who's to say what's going on in those kinds of people's heads? We, you know, we're not that kind of we're not Money. that kind of person. I I mean, it could be, it could it could very well be, um, or popularity. I take the comment. Okay, what's the comment? We have a comment from Joshua Brops. Can astronauts have high speed data? Data transmission is limited by the speed of light, right? I don't really know. So won't there be an interval of delay? Well, of course. Hold on, keep it on you. You're always uh, delayed by the the speed of light. In fact, isn't it like eight minutes to the moon? Or what, how, how how much was it for the so, Apollo missions? Let's see. Um, depending on how they send it, will depend on the speed. Uh, if they send it with a form of the visible light spectrum, or uh, sorry, not the visible light, the electromagnetic uh, spectrum, then uh, yes, it'll be limited to the speed of light. But since the moon is so close, it it wouldn't uh, impact anything because the moon is just so close to us compared to the the speed of light. Uh, however. If you get into things like light years, then yes, it'll be incredibly slow. Uh, the moon's not light years away. It's, I want to say, 300,000 kilometers away, somewhere around there. So it, that'd be, it'd still be pretty damn near fast. It won't be instantaneous. Like, the, you could probably see a delay, but it'd still be pretty damn near instantaneous. Okay. So, um, but the high-speed internet thing is, if you want it... If you're doing it a different, I don't, I'm, I don't know if there's a different way to do it other than the visible lights or the electromagnetic radiation spectrum. What do you think? No, there's no other way. There'd That's the fastest way. way. It? I, it could and, be. What if we could find a way to uh, do it through wormholes, like mini wormholes? <laughs> I mean, obviously we can't right now. That's in the far, far future, <laughs> Joe. You're thinking all the way. Somehow, somebody, you know what's so cool? Somebody's going to find that out. Somebody is going to... Someone is going to change the world by finding that, uh, yeah. how to do that. It's going to change everything, how humans work. It's going to excel uh, human um, te like technological advances by... It's to send us in the future, basically. That's a big stepping stone. That would be really cool. And uh, flick the bug that's on the blanket behind you. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That'd be... Rev if a. If you take my idea and you invent something, you better call it like the Joe C's effect or something like that. <laughs> but he's the one who invented it. It has all the formulas and like everything. Yeah, but I came up with the idea. But Joe, everything that you're thinking has been thought about by <laughs> oh, thousands sure. of other people. Yeah, I'm sure. Probably someone I'm, has the I'm same thought as you. I'm being a little facetious. I'm being a little facetious. Um, What's that? How do they uh, raise $650,000? By whom? And for... Oh, it's probably stuff like Kickstarter. People are really into like just donating money to random startups. I don't know why. Who has spare money like that? Uh, Give it to investors. Me. Yeah, investors who want to return and think that it's going to be a good return for them. Who knows? Maybe it's the same people who are uh, investing in like space hotels that don't even exist yet. Who invests? I think I want to say there's a company that's trying to send up a space hotel into a lower orbit. Do you get a per, uh, percent of the profits? Uh, it depends on what you're doing. If if it's like a regular stock, then yeah, if it has a dividend, then sure, you get a percent of the profits, based on how much you, uh, how many stocks you own, or, or shares you own. But um, if it's just startup, then there's no real guarantee that you really get anything, mm -hmm. or uh, Kickstarter. I mean, if it's on Kickstarter, then I mean, you have to agree. The company has to agree to give you something for your donation in the event that they succeed. So I'm sure it's something along those lines. I'm sure people wouldn't just give it money, and then not think twice about it i'm sure there's a motive of uh returns on investment 
So, uh, what's up? No, we just have an interesting chat that I can't say out loud. But thank you, Scrumbus. We will. Uh, <laughs> this is why... So, I found out the other day that YouTube has disabled our uh, chat replay. And, uh, permanently, by the way. And didn't why? give me any notice. Didn't give me any anything. Just, I can't check the box anymore. <laughs> It's all Joe's fault. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what I did. They didn't tell me what I did. Uh, who knows? It's YouTube. They don't generally like uh, small creators. They like the uh, big media, big bucks. Let's just go to Twitch. Uh, Twitch isn't much better. <laughs> and uh, uh, Twitch is better for copyright. Um, yeah. But it's not better in terms of what you of freedom of speech. Uh yeah, I, I was telling Matthew before the show, I'd love to make this into something that uh, could get me a little cash on the side, you know? But, I mean, right now I just do it for fun because I like talking and I, well, everybody knows I like talking because I'm, I'm me. Joe loves talking. Sometimes <laughs> I'm like, oh, can I chime in? He's like, I know. I, I mean, let me oh, finish. Dude, last yeah. time I was, like, wired. I don't know. I <laughs> I don't know what I was I, – I, I was – I just had a lot of ideas and a lot of stuff to uh, say that, that podcast last week. I don't – yeah um i mean we had a good conversation me and cameron we had a bunch of good conversations but yeah i didn't really let you talk i'm sorry about that i was not allowed i had to wait my <laughs> turn in line although to be fair i edited uh for about five hours this weekend i edited is edited even a word anyway that's what i say i edited um for about five hours all the podcasts that we've been doing and i'm slowly going to uh I scheduled them to release Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays at 2 p.m. So you get a new clip every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Uh, so you, just a little more content on the channel to uh, go through. And I, I've noticed that I've, I took the amount of time that people watched our videos for, and I just said, okay, that's how long the clips are going to be. And then I just put that in. So we've got one clip from last week's podcast already up on YouTube. And then there's going to be one Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, none Friday, because that's when the audio version of this podcast comes out. And then none Monday, because we have the actual podcast. Joe, you need to get better at thumbnails. So you got to put big arrows, big oh, red did you, circles. Did you see the thumbnail I sent you? I, I, saw, I saw that one. <laughs> but it has to be red circles. Red circles. And also, uh, uh, Scrumbus, make a, a whole script for us to read word by word uh, for our next podcast, okay? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I, anyway. Yeah, we need to get uh, we need to get a thumbnail editor. <laughs> um, I forget uh, who's the who's the guy on YouTube that's like notorious for thumbnails. There's so many. Well, I know there's so many, but there's there's that one. I feel like there's that one channel that's just like got the best thumbnail game. Can't remember. Okay, well, I don't but know. We got more chats. Well, you want to read them? Yeah. Josh said, how would a galactic government work? How would laws be enforced, or could they be enforced? So that depends on, upon the speed of communication and the uh, ability to enforce is basically what it would come down to. Essentially, see, it's, it's tricky. And I, we actually had this conversation back in high school mm -hmm. when we were designing a video game around this premise. Mm -hmm. Uh... <laughs> The premise was basically that there was a civil war in space between the Earth Empire and, like, the outer rim of the solar system. And it was it was interesting. We never 
finished it, and I think we only got one level done. I liked it. But it, it was a cool premise, but that's essentially what this is. Um, what do you think, Matthew? What do you think government in, uh, in space would look like from... Well, essentially, the Earth uh, would be the capital planet, let's say. Um, what do you think it would look like if the Earth starts colonizing just different bodies in the solar system uh, and trying to govern them if they have a substantial population? It would be almost the same thing. Uh, territories from Earth would carry over to wherever, Mars or whatever. But some laws would differ based on the circumstances of the environment or such like that. And they may, there may be problems with people saying, how is it this law here, but this law here? I don't know. It's going to have to be a middle ground they're at the strike. What do you mean by... Well, I'm more asking, like, what do you think the... Uh, hmm. How are they going to govern it? Yeah, how are they going to govern it? Like, how is it going to, like, physically, or not physically, but, like, technically work? You There's going to be a clear disconnect between the two. There may be different cultures will arise. In order to stop that, maybe the internet could play a role into that. That's or there would be high-speed uh, transportation from both planets to create a uh, greater yeah. connect be between the two before there's a disconnect of religion, culture, and morals. So, I honestly, I just had this idea, or this thought, I should say. The 13 colonies that broke away to the United States, it's because they were separated by such a far distance and there was no communication, essentially, unless you took a ship over. So, and then, you know, that could take weeks or months, depending yeah. on where you're going from. So, I wonder if that would be any different now that there's high-speed internet, that it's connections almost instantaneous. I, I bet you're right. And I haven't put much thought to that. I bet you it would be a lot different because of instant uh, connectivity and communication. Because... There's all this time to build up this anger and hate for, like, say, taxes or unfair laws. And if you send, send mail out, it's going to take what? How long does it take to cross the Atlantic Ocean? Uh, the Atlantic Ocean? Nowadays, uh, nowadays like three back hours. Then. But um, back then, back then uh, maybe not three hours, more like nine hours. But um, back then, well, it depends where you're sailing from. Uh, if you were sailing from sure. Great Britain to New York, I think it's around about a month a month in a few weeks uh you can probably fact check me on that uh but i think it's around about that time then if you're going from like mm, i don't know spain to brazil i think that can take up to like two months two months in a few weeks uh okay we got some more chats uh okay so this is still uh, what we're talking about government got can't freaking talk governance would be neat if it ha if they had limited communication because it would end up like older civilization me thinks um and yeah that's exactly what we were just talking about that's if it had slower communication there would it would create that disconnect you were saying and the cultures would slowly shift apart but if i i bet it and that's interesting because i bet it would be really different if because of that instant communication i bet you the cultures would stay a lot uh more similar or at least shift apart a lot slower. Yeah. Uh, am I reading this next one? Uh, oh, I can read. I can read. I okay. Read one. See, we should have uh, the famous YouTuber Autumn Astronaut on onto our. Um, Who's that? Scrumbus's channel. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and we should have him here. It'll boost our views like by a hundred. I'm telling yeah, you hey, right yeah. now. And and make our thumbnails and videos. He's a pro. Dude, if if you want to make our thumbnails, 
be my guest for the clips. Um, for these podcasts, I try to keep them just all the same, just be, for uniformity, because I put them all on a playlist. But if you if you want to do the thumbnails for the clips, hey, be my guest. Um, that'd be that'd be great. But um, yeah, if if any of you guys want to come on the podcasts that uh, are familiar with us in real life, not just any random uh, viewer of the channel. Although we love all of our random viewers of the channel. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, we can't all invite you over to the studio. Especially those who type out random letters. And yeah, leave. That we have no idea what it means. We get we get a few of those. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they're saying. Neither do I. But hey, uh, that's a pretty uh, good conversation we had on that first nudist article. I'm glad I brought that up. But uh, I want to shift gears a little bit. No, no, no. no. Let's oh, make a space Roman Empire. That's what Scrimbus says. Let's have a space Roman Empire. <laughs> uh, yeah, just stay away from Brutus and uh, the entire Senate. So uh, let's let's move on to the um, the rocket rollout. So for those of you who don't know, NASA is sending another mission to the moon, and this is something that Trump started. Um, Back in 2018, 2019, 2018, 2019, somewhere around there. Um, why do I feel all echoey all of a sudden? That's weird. I don't know. Whatever. Um, watch I watch watch back all the audio and it's oh, terrible. Yeah, it, no, it, it just sounds weird. It's different now. Anyway. What was I talking about, Matthew? The, uh... All right. So this started under Trump's administration, like 2019, 2018, where he basically said, uh, I want NASA to go back to the moon so that they can be the first uh, Americans, the first feed on Mars. And by some miracle, the Biden administration hasn't wiped that yet. So uh, we're still doing that, I guess. And this is the Artemis program, which is essentially going back to the moon and setting up a permanent um, research station there, the Lunar Gateway. And then I think... I could be wrong, but I think they're also planning something later down the line to do a actual base on the moon. I thought that was covered on the vi in the video where they showed their entire plan. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, the first launch that they're doing, um, I don't know if it says there. I think the first launch is just doing an orbit around the moon just to make sure that because they're we're a little rusty. We haven't gone back to the moon in a really long time. So just to make sure we can do it safely and then come back, I don't think it has any astronauts on it. I think the second one, they're sending up astronauts and the Lunar Gateway. So uh, definitely fact check me on that because I, uh, I'm i a little rusty on the Artemis program. So uh, are, do you want to read something? I was trying to look through to you know fact check you, but they keep going on and on about the past. Oh, okay. Well, uh, yeah, please do fact check me. I think this no this is um this article is all about comparing the uh, physical rocket to the Saturn V. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, so I th it's a little different. Oh, Josh wants to go back to our topic about the Well, Mars. we're on this topic now. Sorry. <laughs> he says, "Say oh, developed great. Mars population wants war with Earth. What would the military tactics used or what would be the so, military tactics used?" And I have a perfect answer for this one. Okay, it would just be it. like the Cold War. Will be one on one side of the, the the world. We have nuclear arms trained against the other side, and it'll just be assured mutually de assured destruction. That's right. That's what I think. Okay. So I actually uh, disagree, oh. completely. Okay. So um, there, there was actually a video game of this, Infinite Warfare, Call of Duty, and that's exactly what this was. It was Mars versus Earth, and Mars like invaded Earth and did all this funky stuff. Um, but 
yeah, honestly, I don't think it would be mutually assured destruction, and I, because I don't think we have the capabilities yet to deliver a nuke with a strong enough payload to uh, un devastate another planet. And I, I hope to God, we we'll have never it. have that capability. Um, so no, I don't think it'll be mutually assured destruction. I also don't think we'll ever bring nukes into space, like into onto other planets, unless we have an absolute reason to, which would be an outside threat. Terrifying. I think as long as the Earth is colonizing other places, we won't ever bring nukes there. Oh, but terrifying. if those planets develop the capabilities to make them, then maybe you have a case. Mm -hmm. But that's my idea. Um, I think it'll absolutely be a, a battle fought in uh, who has the most warships in space or who can land the most troops on the uh, enemy opposing planet or the opposing territory go for it if we do invite uh, scrumbus he's just going to talk about halo lore and uh and present, present it as science that is a very <laughs> good point anything halo lore related is just a telling of what's the, the future in, in the past uh, what what came before it is just is just realism or it happened already that's actually really funny that's one of the titles of my clips is halo is pretty much science right yeah. That's literally one of the, the, the titles of the clips that I have. Um, that'll be coming out in a week or two. I forget when I scheduled it. But um, anyway, going back to the Artemis program, I'm really excited for this, Matthew. I, I would love oh, yeah. to see another trip to the moon. And I, I, mean, I know everyone already knows this about me because um, I'm a nerd. You know, everybody already knows it. Uh, I'm just kind of a social nerd, which is kind of a... Uh, I don't know. If, is that a little bit... Um, no, no. Uh, what's the word? Um, uh, not ironic, well, we but counterintuitive, maybe. Uh -huh. um, what are you bringing up? The uh, Artemis plan? Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah we brought this up. Um, I want to say during the first season, in one of our episodes. Oh, I like all those blank pages. They always have. That's stupid. Uh, we don't care about that. Uh, let's keep going. You bring it up on the screen. I do have it. Oh, <laughs> I was looking at the wrong screen. Uh, keep going down. There, there should be a graphic. Chapter one. Okay. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, so this, I guess they're still on target for landing actual people on the moon in 2024. Oh, that one. Nope. Is it that one? It might be that one. Halo launch? <laughs> Are we going to have uh, the Halo rings? The lunar sur surface. So this is that the first mission that yeah, they're doing? No, 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 no. We've already done those three. Sure. Yeah, we're on Artemis one. We're on, so what's Artemis one say? Uncrewed. Yeah, I was right. Uncrewed, uncrewed maiden flight of the integrated space launch system or SLS rocket and Orion spacecraft will verify spacecraft right. performance and test Orion's heat shield during its high speed. Yeah. So I was absolutely correct about Artemis one. Wrong. Then Artemis two. Um, actually, I'm sorry. PPE and Halo launch, that looks like that's going to be the first pieces of the gateway. And then Artemis 2 is going to be finishing setting up the gateway. Is that what that is? 10-day uh, crewed flight test. NASA astronauts yeah, will set pieces. the record for the farthest human travel from Earth. They will validate deep space communication and navigation systems to ensure life support systems keep them healthy and safe. So the setup, doing it. And then uh, Artemis 1 and 2, Orion, once again, travel to the moon, this time boarding the human landing system, and then uh, put the next people on the moon. See, I, I, I'm probably going to get canceled for this, Matthew. And I don't care. Okay. I don't care anymore. Uh, YouTube can de demonetize me or do whatever. I don't even make money on this, so they can't even demonetize me yet. Uh -huh. But 
I don't understand why it is appealing to people to say the first women. I see what I I don't understand. It doesn't matter to me who if it's a man or a woman who does it first. But why is it more important to say the first woman and the first man? Why isn't it it just whoever did it first? You know, isn't it more important that who did it first? Because it. The, the whole thing it. that I'm thinking of, the whole thing that I'm thinking of, and I'm, I'm going to talk over you for just a second. Right. <laughs> I have the answer. Um, this whole thing with diversity, and I'm absolutely going to get probably canceled for this, and I don't really care anymore. But this whole thing with diversity is, I don't understand why it's such a big deal to have diversity of gender and race. I think the only thing that people should care about is diversity of thought. Because if you have diverse thoughts, that's when you can have... A good conversation that's when you can actually get stuff done and i do understand with diversity of thought m would probably come diversity of gender and race but if you if you focus on you we have to have this set number of people of you know being this certain race or this certain gender and then we have to make it a point that females have to be the first to do this or we, we have to push females to do this and we have to push men to do this and we have to you know have a quota for everybody isn't that more racist to say you can't do this because you're a white man, you can't do this because you're a black man, you can't do this because you're a Asian woman? You know, isn't that that just seems racist to me? Then that's it my is, whole take on it. But there's an easy answer: publicity, <laughs> pandering to our generation. You have to talk to the microphone. Pandering to our generation and to make it so that everybody is included, and also, it's since that a woman going to space is more rare than a man going to space it serves historically, as a yes i wouldn't I, I don't know if that's real true anymore i think it still is it still is okay i'm, I'm I mean, almost 100 percent confident okay. i know i know there's several women on the international space station yeah. but i digress the um i don't I, I i disagree with you i don't think it's because of inclusion i think it absolutely discludes m more qualified people then it actually includes whoever's most qualified should go absolutely i agree whoever's the most qualified should do it and i don't care if you're a man woman i don't care if you're gay straight i don't care you know i don't care as long as you're qualified and that should be your that should be our attitude mm -hmm. but um you know i'm gonna get canceled for this so who cares um so i i hope that they're still on schedule for 2024 bringing it back to this conversation i don't really want to talk about all this yeah. uh, crap anymore. It's kind of depressing. But, um... Uh-oh. Yeah, let me see. <laughs> I'm not going to read that one, but you yeah. guys can read it in the chat. Yeah, that's um, that's a, that's, that's a, yeah, this is why we need him on the show. We need a different opinion than ours. I because agree. we can't we can't just keep having the same opinions of us on the show. We absolutely need another opinion. Like I said, we need diversity of thought. Alex will completely disagree with everything Joe is saying absolutely. and show yeah. him to put him to shame. Absolutely. And I, honestly, I I want that. I want to have a good conversation, a, a respectful conversation, mind you. But I want to have a good conversation of opposing viewpoints. That would be amazing, because um, and and the one thing, and I'm gonna get a tiny little bit political here just for a second. The one thing that I uh, have noticed about our current society is that a lot of people don't really value different opinions. And they were kind of tunnel visioned into our own opinions. Because they're wrong. Well, exactly, exactly, <laughs> that's my point. That's my point, 
is that that's the mindset of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it, if you can have civil dialogue and you can come to some sort of agreement or even just some common ground, that's the way we move forward as a society. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we find common ground. We can talk to we we can civilly talk about our issues instead of having to fight over them. Mm-hmm. And I think if a lot more people were willing to have meaningful dialogue and actual conversations rather than clickbait, oh, I'm owning you or, you know, stuff like that. It's like, that's the problem. And honestly, both sides of the political spectrum have this. The right has this and the right has a really big problem with, oh, yeah, I own that liberal or, you know, and then the left has like, oh, yeah, that stupid Republican, I owned him. So both sides have a really bad problem with that. And um, Mm -hmm. I want to say that's probably fueling the divide we're hearing right now, but because I don't want to talk about that anymore, so let's get back to space. Uh, unless you wanted to add something. No. Okay. So, um, do you want me to read this, or what are we doing? I'm currently just looking through... And... Yeah, I'm just saying how... So, and honestly, that is a really lofty goal. Yeah. To go to the moon in 20... To land people on the moon in 2024. Mm-hmm. That is a really lofty goal, yeah. and I really hope that they're um, on target for that because I know China's already sent a space station into space. Has it really been 50 years? Oh, mind-blowing. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. And there hasn't really been the incentive. But nowadays, because of this whole commercial space race that we were talking about um, in an earlier episode, there's there's been a renewed interest in space. And um, honestly, I think it's a great thing. I mean, obviously, I think it's a great thing. I'm on the freaking AstroCast. But um, the reason I think it's a great thing is because um, there's a lot of resources and a lot of knowledge we can gain from space. Right. Asteroids have tons of ore. The moon, there's water on the moon. Yeah. There's frozen ice on the moon that we can literally use to create hydrogen and oxygen um, for fuel and for breathing. There's, there's an economic, economic uh, And also space yep. travel encourages the improvement of technology yeah, that greatly helps... Uh, us on Earth, and also <laughs> Scrumbus says um, he's agreeing with what you were saying about uh, both sides. Um, oh yeah, with each other. no, I, it's 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 be- it's becoming a really big problem, mm-hmm. and I think that the, honestly, the way we fix it is just by having civil dialogue conversations. Look, this relates perfectly. Yeah. Um, Josh says a large problem in this world is the division of people. We found we have found almost every way to divide it to different groups like nationality, race, wealth, etc. If you were able to unify people, what would be a strategy to maintain unity? What morals would you incorporate? So this is a little bit more of what we were talking about last podcast, so I might refer you to those clips or that podcast. But unity is a really tough thing among humans, and I honestly think humans do a better job of management at the local level. Mm-hmm. People, uh, and what that means in not a legal term or a you know political term is people do a lot better job at um, at being unified, for lack of a better term, or um, for cooperative um, action, mm-hmm. we, they do that a lot better in smaller groups, in tribes, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of just the way our species has evolved. And because of the just the sheer number of people on the earth, it's kind of getting less and less um, able to do that, which is why I like federalism so much in the United States. And I think the Constitution lays that out in a very good way. And I think going away from that, which is what kind of is going on right now, I think it's not very, uh, not, not a very good idea. Um, that's the whole idea behind, you know, republicanism or federalism, mm-hmm. 
you know, a representative democracy. Because we don't, a lot of people think, and this isn't political, this is just history. A lot of people think we live in a democracy. We don't. We live in a, re a representative, you can call it a representative democracy. Ultimately, it's a republic, which means that we have representatives who represent us in making laws and in passing legislation and, su and such. Um, and there is a really big difference because ultimately 100% democracy is just mob rule. And that absolutely crushes the little guy. That's horrible. It crushes the little guy. Mm -hmm. And what we used to have um, uh, outlined in the Constitution with federalism was you had everything was feder was federalized and not meaning everything was the federal government, but meaning, because that, that word's kind of changed connotation, but meaning, oh, well, I'll, exp I'll explain it. That meaning, um, back in the day, you started, you had the federal government, you had, or the centralized government. That did all the things that the states, that had to do with between the states, or that the states couldn't do. Then the Constitution said everything else goes to the states. And then the states were, some of them were set up that way, too, to where the centralized governments of the states were had representatives and they weren't voted upon by a democratic majority yeah. um although be it back in the day they were only voted upon by um landowners yeah. uh, i think male landowners at that time very specific and um and i will give it that back in the day mainly the landowners who were male were also white mm -hmm. but um uh i actually i want to get into something a little bit later about that um that i'll yeah. get into later but uh, what was I talking about? Later as in like 10 minutes, right? These are yeah, probably. Minutes. What was I talking about? Uh, You're giving a history lesson about oh, how right. uh, the U.S. is federalist. Yeah, basically, that'd be the way to do it. That'd be the way to do a government in space. If you, We're much better at managing ourselves at a local level because that's honestly, if the problems are all local, mm -hmm. the best way to deal with it is locally. Mm -hmm. Like with, uh, I mean, with infrastructure. Mm -hmm. If you deal with it locally, it's a lot cheaper and a lot more efficient. If you do it federally, then the dollar goes <laughs> a lot, a, a lot less. It, for lack of a letter way of phrasing that joe's referring to like government jobs and how it takes forever to do a government contracted uh job elsewhere yeah. or infrastructure like that and how the money goes here the money has to go here and it's just it's too complicated for such a simple task yes it, they overcomplicate it and it's that it's like that by design because people have lobbied to do that and it's evolved and it's it's evolved to, to that um over time just because people have started to realize, oh, well, I can just ask a little more for this and still get, do the same thing, and then I'll make more money, and the government will just give it to me. Yeah. So, uh, but I've already been way too political on this. I, I don't, I hate making this show political because we're supposed to be about science, but it seems, it, it kind of seems unavoidable in some topics. Um, when we're talking about the future of humanity, it kind of comes up a lot. When you're talking about humanity, yeah. and we're talking about how to govern it, yeah. it's going to go back politics. to politics and Politics so. is messy because people are messy. Yeah. And honestly, um, I don't, there's only, I'm not going to share it, but there's only three hills that I'll die on in terms of like principles and, mm -hmm. and pol politics. There's only three hills I'll die on. And I might talk about that in a later po podcast, but I'm not going to get into that right now. Mm -hmm. Pretty much everything else. I am absolutely open for people to change my mind. Like I don't, it, I think having a rigid political perspective is kind of, not a very good idea mm -hmm. because this is my opinion you know i could be i could be wrong yeah and admitting that you could be wrong is a really good trait to have in today's society because not a lot of people can do that 
and I'm, I'm not trying to raise myself on a pedestal. There's absolutely things where right. I could be wrong, and I would not, I will not admit that I'm wrong. Like, there's definitely things, and Matthew will attest to this. <laughs> I think it's just a natural human trait to, like, hold dear some of your values and morals to the bitter yeah. end. And that's what, I don't know if it's a problem or a good trait. And also, uh, Alexander, uh, Alexander is kind of disappointed that he's not here right now, because I'm pretty sure he would refute a lot of your claims right now. Oh, probably. Or butt, uh, butt in and say, hey, but this could work, or this. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. We, we got to get him on. Oh, absolutely. Um, text me after the show, Alex, and we will get you on. Because we'll schedule you in because that's an absolutely a conversation we need to have. And if if we get political, then so be it. We'll just set that podcast to be a political podcast. Mm-hmm. But um, generally, I don't like getting political. But it's kind of, it, like I said, it's kind of unavoidable on the topic we're on tonight. Yeah. So, uh, well, do we want to move on to the next topic? We have one more topic. What time is it? Uh, 8.52. It has not already been 52 minutes. Holy cow. Hey, we've been talking a while. We have um, so many chats. I know, I know. It's it's awesome. Um, so, Ooh, this looks cool. I think we'll skip the last uh, topic that I put down. Why? Just because it's not that eventful. Uh, um, I was going to ask. I saw, I think we talked about it before, but the scientists discovered a way to, um, oh, we still have that one. You want me to use this one? Yeah, you haven't used it much. All right. Where did I look? Okay. Uh, oh, wait, use... no, go back to the other one. That, because... Your microphone's not on that one. Uh, Sorry. How to use... Um, it, was it particles from space in order to create uh, propulsion? Or what was it? It was oh, a light. Oh, um, ion engines. Yeah, it was ion. You're talking about ion engines? Yeah. Yeah, so ion engines are basically... They take... Uh, and what they do nowadays is xenon gas. They take yeah. xenon g- gas and they ionize it. Mm-hmm. And then they shoot it out uh, of a nozzle. And basically, uh, um, how that works is they have a high-pressurized container of xenon gas. They put it through a nozzle, and then you have a very thin wire that's... Uh, I, I don't exactly remember what the material they make it out of is, but you have a really thin wire, and that wire is positively charged. Then you have a thin sheet of foil of some sort of metal, and I forget what material. I think... I, I, if you make it by yourself, I think the wire's copper and the foil's aluminum, but that's just because, you know, you're making it by yourself. But um, if you uh, do it in a space setting, obviously it's going to be a little different. But I digress. The wire is positively charged. The sheet is negatively charged. Mm-hmm. And the uh, positive charges, it's a it's an insanely high voltage that's generated between these two points. And the charges that are between those, or the charges from the positive wire kind of, move on to the xenon gas that's traveling by and they want to get to the negative uh foil that's you know just your basic uh coulombs right there and that basically just causes an acceleration and it's it's really that simple it's just an air traveling over a foil that accelerates it because of coulomb's law and um ultimately coulomb's laws got pretty much replaced by maxwell's equations and so you can talk about Maxwell's equations when you talk about a uh, ion thruster, but essentially that's how it works. Solar electric. So yeah, you have to have an insane voltage. So solar panels are pretty good at providing a good voltage. Mm-hmm. Um, not I I believe it's not so much amperage, but they're pretty good at doing voltage. So this is how they're gonna do it. Just they're w- so doing solar what? Ele- solar electric propulsion system. So is that a satellite or what? What is it? It's a uh, geostationary orbit satellite. Okay. Um, Oh, that's the the propulsion module of the of the gateway. Yeah. 
Okay, because, yeah, so that's the thing. Once you get the gateway in orbit, it doesn't need to move much. You're already in orbit. Um, the propulsion's really just to move it out of the way if it's going to hit something, uh, which ion thrusters are not good at oh. moving it out of the way. They have a very low specific impulse, but they have a very high acceleration over time. Uh, what's that say? Uh, you want me to read it? So, um, this is in the PDF that Matthew found about the Artemis mission, and it's, it essentially says, after Artemis 3, which is the uh, final mission where they're going to land boots on the moon, NASA and its partners will embark on missions on and around the moon that also will prepare us for the types of missions, duration, mission durations and operations that, will, that we will experience on humans' missions to Mars. In this drive towards a more robust human lunar enterprise, NASA, U enterprise. NASA, U.S. industry, and our global partners will establish the infrastructure, systems, and robotic missions that can enable a sustained lunar surface presence. So that's what we were talking about earlier. That's really cool. I, I would love to see a base on the moon just because I'm a nerd and I think it's cool. <laughs> For no other reason. That. So it's on the south pole of the moon. Wow. That's interesting. Water, so no? I think that's where the water is, yes. Um, honestly, I really hope you can see that through a telescope. I, you probably won't be able to. It's probably going to be way too small. But that wouldn't that be so cool if you could see the lunar base from a telescope? That would be pretty cool, but you need a high-power telescope for that. And what I was thinking is, this is going to be really cool for our generation to Absolutely. read. We're going to see this live on television. Moon live feed. Can you believe that? That's, that's insane, man. I, I'm excited. I'm, like I'm, we're... I'm over the moon. Oh. <laughs> uh... I'm sorry. You're killing me, Joe. I'm sorry. Okay, that was so, too funny. No, it's just gonna be cool. You're just gonna see like a, a vlogger on the moon. It's just the the, the astronaut will be like, "Hey oh guys, God. this is the lunar surface. Check out my guy over there. He's on uh the the lunar rover. He's just driving <laughs> around." That's oh. Yeah, that's uh. <laughs> I really hope TikTok doesn't make it to the moon. TikTok is the devil. <laughs> yep, it is. Uh, anyway, do we have any more chats? Because we're kind of running out of time here. Nothing. Nothing? Maybe we just end it here. What time is it? Yeah, uh, so it, it will we'll take it three more minutes because we end, we started at eight, uh, 8.01. Uh -huh. So I try to keep it around about an hour. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, any other last comments, Matthew? No. Nothing? I was just thinking about how every time we every time we do a podcast we go back to morals. Yeah, honestly, it's, it's the base it's, of all things. Well, so. Yeah, it's it's the foundation of all of our arguments, all of our well, everything is our what our principles and our morals are, and ultimately what makes a strong society is having good, um, grounded principles and morals, and um, oh my gosh, is that a freeway system on the moon? Oh, that's funny. Wait, no, that's that's not a freeway system on the moon. That's the size of Wash that's Washington oh, yeah, DC. They're comparing Washington DC to what a crater on the moon. I was gonna say <laughs> no way they're they're already planning freeways on the moon. That's funny. That is cool. Oh that is cool. What is that? Artist concept the gateway. Gateway including international contributions with Orion approaching. That's cool. So I don't believe Russia was uh, on this mission. I know the European Space Agency was, and I know I th I think the Japan the either the canadian or the japanese space agency was one of the two mm -hmm. so um i I, do, I doubt the current geopolitical climate of what's going on with russia 
is going to affect this. Uh, however, the international... Dude, it must be so awkward on the International Space Station right now. Oh, I think... Um, I think that one of the rules on the International Space Station is to keep politics out of it. I think so. But um, sorry, it still must be awkward. Yeah, you're supposed to be talking to me. That's why I have the microphones right here. I'm so sorry, Joe. <laughs> so the audio probably sucked for me. That's oh, okay. Well. I could still hear you in here. Okay. Like, imagine how cool it would be to work with this NASA engineer with lunar drill payload prototype. Oh wow. That cool. That's cool. That's cool. You know, NASA's cool and all, but I wouldn't want to work for a government agency. Just, I would love to be lazy. Well, I know you would love to work for a government agency. <laughs> Just my principles would not uh go well with me working at a government agency because i feel like i would work harder or i would work harder than the average and uh that would kind of i don't know it, and i'd be, be getting paid the same amount you know what i'm trying to say yeah i'm probably saying it poorly um you put in too much uh of your brain power effort yeah, but maybe someone what everyone else but people doing. who's who are in nasa probably there's smarter people out there, Joe. Yeah, to be fair, NASA, I think, is probably one of the better ones. But I still would rather work at SpaceX than NASA. Uh, just because I think SpaceX is doing cool stuff. Um, but I don't know. Who knows? Uh, but I think I think we might end it there. And why don't you bring up the intro ads? Because we didn't do it at the start of the video. Um, I think it's either 9 or 8 or something. So make sure you guys, uh, if, you liked, if you enjoyed the video, uh, give it a like. Uh, I don't know how much it actually helps, but, um, yeah, if you want to give it a like, if you like the video, that'd be much appreciated. If you, uh, want to subscribe so you don't miss another episode of the AstroCast Live, you can go ahead and do so, and while you're at it, click the bell for notifications, uh, or should I say smash that bell, um, so you don't miss another episode of the AstroCast Live, and, uh, you can follow me at joe.seesall on Instagram, and you can find this podcast, uh, every Friday, at 5 p.m. Uh, every everywhere you find your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and everywhere else. And we are live Mondays at 8 p.m. on YouTube, and uh, we'll be here same time next week, same bat time, same bat channel. Will we? Oh no, no, that's right. We won't be here next week. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's uh, we won't be here next week because we are going on a much needed vacation, mm -hmm. and. Uh, Maybe we'll make some videos up there, just for the hell of it. Oh, it's going to be so hard to cough, bro. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Uh, but thank you guys so much for tuning in. And, yeah, if you have any uh, future ideas for topics you want us to discuss, or if you have anyone you would like to see on the show, uh, you can um, – the email is in the About section. You can email that email in the About section of our channel. Uh, or if you know my phone number, you can text me or you can DM me on Instagram at joe.seesall. We're open to uh, whatever topics you guys would like us to discuss. Um, and yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, you got anything else, Matthew? Nope. You want to say bye? Thank you for watching. That's it. <laughs>